Hi, and welcome to the White Hill podcast series. My name is Roger. I'm one of the pastors here at White Hill, and we're glad that you've chosen to listen to one of the podcast messages today. Our prayer is that you would be challenged and inspired to take the next steps in your journey with God as you listen to this message. If you want to keep in touch with more things that are happening at White Hill, head to our website at whitehill.church and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Enjoy this message now. Good evening, everyone. How are we all? Good week? Bad week? Ah, uh, you had your conversation talk before, didn't we? Um, this was Libby's first time at the evening, I believe, leading. Didn't she do a good job? It was her first time this morning, but she backed it up. She did well. Uh, everyone just look over that door and see when she comes through and then give her a clap, you know. Woohoo! <laughs> you know what? There are certain things that do embarrass us. Um, I remember an occasion where I came back home, uh, it was a little while ago, came back home with my family and I walked into the house and as I opened the back door and as I walked in, uh, I started to catch a bit of a whiff. Um, There was something wrong, something not quite right. I don't know whether you guys have had it in your homes at at all. Sometimes you think, is is that like a dead mouse? Did something die in the corner? Uh, Maybe a rat or something. And so the first thing I did was I started to look around and see what it could be. Was there any food over the bench? Something like meat being left out all day long or, you know. So I I looked in the oven to see if anything had been left in the oven. No which probably doesn't make sense anyway because the oven is pretty airtight when you close it. Um, Looked in the fridge and, of course, that didn't make sense either. Um, But nothing spilled there. There was nothing growing wings. There was no green or anything else there. And so I I walked around the house and I started to think, well, it's not there. Maybe the lounge room. Maybe the kids have left something out. So went went and had a look. No plates or anything around there. It didn't quite smell that rank in there just yet. So... I walked down the corridor and I thought, that's probably food in the bedrooms or something. Um, so I looked down there, nothing, nothing. Went and looked in my own room to see if there was anything going on there. Now, we have a couple of dogs and sometimes you get little surprises. Anyway, I, I turned around and as I turned around and looked down, I noticed that there were these little brown splotches um, uh, along the pathway that I had walked. And uh, so I turned to everyone else in my family and I said, okay, everyone, check your feet, check your feet. And they all check in their feet to see if they've stepped in anything. And uh, no, they all came back, no, no. So I looked at my, my shoes. Uh, I pulled it up and I wasn't wearing these. I was wearing like Colorados and they have that really deep hiking tread. And there on one of my shoes was this nice little pancake. And uh, I had unwittingly traipsed this pancake all the way through my house and left little remnants all the way through my house as well. It was ridiculously horrid. And, uh, of course, the only way around that is you've got to clean it. Now, uh, I don't know how your gag reflexes are, uh, what makes you gag. As a parent... You know, you've got to change multiple nappies and you, you generally try and build up that gag immunity. But uh, as I was, uh, I was thinking, 
that I would just throw these shoes out, but I thought, no, I actually need them. When I was younger, I used to just say, leave them in the laundry and call mum. <laughs> Can't do that anymore. And if I did it to Megan, she'd probably hit me. Um, so anyway, I pulled it out and I thought, the only way that I'm going to fix this is if I scrub this shoe and get everything out of the tread. And I was going, and you know, you can still see it. It just, it's like fluorescent almost. And just had to scrub and scrub and scrub until there wasn't a trace of it left on my shoe. Because you know what would happen if you left anything there, don't you? The, the smell would just be following you around for the... Anyway, after that was done, I then had to go and clean up everything where I traipsed. All the carpet, everywhere else, and, and worked out that I'd actually stepped on it somewhere before I even got in my car, and so it was in the car footwell. It was just everywhere. And uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to be careful about that next time. But it was rank. It was the most rank feeling that I could have. But I reckon that there are times in our lives where we do walk through life and a scent that we carry with us is perhaps not the scent that we would like to carry with us. And as Paul turns, if you've got your Bibles with you in Colossians 3, Paul turns now from what he was chatting about in verses one, in chapters 1 and 2 about the whole theological principle of our faith and our religious practice. And in chapter 3, he's now going to get very practical with us all about what that change of faith should mean for us and what it should look like. And so uh, there are two massive big lists that Paul gives to the Corinthians tonight that we're going to have a quick look through. Uh, before we do, I thought I would uh, keep a little bit practical because I wanted to see what your gag reflexes were like, and uh, I'm not going to ask you to do this too much. Now, the, the, I, I went through and I worked out what are my top five gag reflexes? What are the top five things that make me gag? Um, you, you all know what one of these is, don't you? <laughs> it's, a, it's a doggy bag. You know, whenever you walk your dogs, you've got to take a doggy bag. Don't worry, I didn't bring in a freshie for you. This has actually got something else in, but it was just for illustration. Um, but that's definitely the first thing that does me in. Uh, just don't like it. Now, this one, can anyone guess what we use this one for? Yeah, blah, it's a chucky bucket. <laughs> you know, we've all had to use them. And no, I didn't bring in any freshies either. Um, it's just, again... But it's one of those things that if you, I mean, even if you start to visualize it, you know, you can start feeling the glands start to go. Now, this one I didn't realize I had. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I came home the other week, it was only a few weeks ago, and Megan drove in the driveway and said, Rog, I think there's a rabbit on our front lawn, I think it's had babies, because we've had pet rabbits and, you know, fluff goes everywhere. Uh, anyway, I went out there with her, I said, well, you know, go and have a look, fix it. <laughs> anyway, uh, it turned out to be a, a rabbit that tried to headbutt a car, um, it didn't survive, um, but it, it had become quite a mess. And I tell you, I saw it and I was like, oh, come on, that is enough. 
Let's do it in. Number four. I didn't even know I had this. Um, does anyone have one of those Aldi coffee machines at home? You know, with the pods that you put in and you've got to froth your milk? I had to clean someone's frother the other day and they said, I, I said to them, I said, you've got stuff growing in your frother. Do you not ever wash it out? And they said, no, you don't need to wash it out until it turns green or something. I, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm glad I don't drink coffee at your place. But I, I, I had to clean it out. It was just making me gag. Now, th this one is almost the worst one, but I brought it in anyway. Uh, yep, you've got it. G gym socks, if anyone has kids in your home, or maybe they're your own socks, um, that's enough to make me gag. But all of those things, uh, they immediately re become repulsive to us. Like none of us are going to say, yeah, you know, I'd like to leave a few of those in my bedroom tonight as I go to sleep, just to, you know, whisk me off into la-la land. No, if any of these turn up in our general surrounds, we're going to do whatever we can to get rid of them. We're not going to you know, I had to clean up my house. I had to scrub the carpet. I had to make sure there, there were no little brown stains around the place. And that was the only way that I could get rid of the stench. If I left any of these surprises around the house, I would not be able to sleep. Um, it would just be repulsive. This list that Paul then dives into in verse 5 down to verse 9, Paul lists off for us, 10 different character attributes or character traits that are repulsive to God. Uh, for the Colossians who had just come to faith, he's painting a picture of what a believer should look like, what a person who is following Jesus should look like. And so he pulls out these 11 traits and he says, these are the things you've got to take off. Take off like a pair of clothes or whatever else and put to the side. So the first three that he mentions, sexual immorality, lust, impurity, are all along that sexual line. Sexual immorality, basic word meaning sex outside of the boundaries that God intended it for. Lust is the uncontrollable desire that comes out. Impurity is that illicit thinking that goes along that line. Um, evil desires and greed continues that whole negative way of thinking in people's minds. Greed is that sense of wanting to take people to a ride so I can extract money from you, to take advantage of you as a person. Um, these ones, I better move these out the way. Anger and rage. One flows from the other, doesn't it? Anger is that sort of sustained level of hatred for another person. And rage is where a person starts to break out in outbursts of that anger. Malice and slander start heading along and continuing that way where you're actually seeking to cause harm to another person because of the way you're feeling about them in anger. Slander, we start here on the sins of the tongue where we actually speak evil of another person to try and pull them down. And then Paul continues it with filthy language and lying. 
Now, all of those things, Paul goes into a really strong wording to tell the Colossian church that these things have no place in God's kingdom and in the church that he was writing to. In verse 5, he uses one imperative, which is to put them to death. Now, think about that for a moment, what that actually means, to put to death. Not many of us would be used to taking life, but he says, these things are so bad, you've got to kill it. Now, when you kill it, what do you do with what's dead? You take it out and you bury it, because you don't want anything to do with it. He says, put all these things to life. They should have no place in our lives. In verse 8, he uses a second imperative, and he says to rid yourselves of them. Some of these things hang around like bad smells, like the little gift that I had on the bottom of my shoe. He says, rid yourself of it. Do whatever you need to get rid of it out of your life. Now, why does he say that? He says that because these things have no place and should have no place. He's not saying they're okay if you keep them in the closet and you don't show them to anyone else. You know, if you just lock them up and take care of them in the darkness when no one else sees. You know, in the quietness of the night when no one else is around, sometimes some of these things might rear their ugly head. But just as with these things that are repulsive to us, that make us want to gag, so these things, these sins, are repulsive to God. Now, we're not going to go to sleep with a dead rabbit under our bed or the chucky bucket that someone has thrown up in or a mouldy uh, milk frother uh, or even some dog waste left around. It's not like we're even going to just take out the deodorant can and just say, oh, you know, there we go. I'll give it a bit of a spray and that'll make it acceptable. You know, if I'd hid the dead bunny under our bed and said, don't worry, honey, I've sprayed it with some Glen 20. <laughs> She's probably going to turn around and slap me. Um, you cannot entertain sin in your life. And Paul says, do whatever you can to get rid of it. There is no way that that can exist. Well, Paul doesn't just want to paint a picture of a whole bunch of don'ts that we need to rid ourselves from. Because uh, the great thing about walking with Christ is that Christ has a bigger picture for us and who he wants us to be more than just a whole bunch of don'ts. And so I thought, well, uh, on top of the things that make us gag are the things that we actually enjoy uh, being around. Um, so one of the things that is actually quite nice, um, most of the girls will know what this is probably. The guys may even look at it and think, what are you doing? The fire alarms are going to go off. They're not really. Um, scented candles. Who has scented candles in their homes? Yeah, yeah, Delta's gone. Yep, yep, bring it on. Um, often mums like to, well, they need these for different places around the house. Um, the scented candles, this one is a, a fruit orchard smell. And it's not, not bad. You can get a bit of a whiff. You can get all sorts of flavours now. Even cappuccino ones and stuff like that. Really interesting. Um, so that's not bad. This one here, whoop. they didn't fit under the bucket. 
I had some explaining to do yesterday when I brought the flowers home. And my wife came to me and said, you bought me flowers. <laughs> I said, yes, honey. Yeah, I just have to borrow them tomorrow night. Um, it is lovely to smell flowers. And if you've ever been around somebody's place and they've got fresh flowers around, there is a nice aroma that spreads through the house. I don't know if we have any uh, coffee drinkers in the house. Um, I've got to say, I don't drink coffee, but fresh coffee beans um, smell really nice. And ground fresh coffee in the morning also is like, like, I don't drink coffee, but I don't know why, but it just smells really nice um, to go for fresh coffee beans. Now, here's another one. Yeah, it's aftershave. Or eau de toilet, I should say. Actually, this one looks like it's a bit heat affected. Um, Yes, and would you believe the pastor does actually wear eau de toilet from, well, that's what it does say on the front. Um, Anyone have a guess what it is? And don't say brute or old spice like they said this morning. (laughs) Um, uh, What every pastor wears, of course, eternity. Uh, by Calvin Klein. Um, so I had to throw that one in. <laughs> Bit of a dad one. Um, that smells nice. And uh, I remember when my wife first bought it for me. Now this last one, um, anyone that walks through the kitchen and there is just the aroma that comes. Now I've got to say my favourite meal that I just can't resist is when there is a roast cooking in the kitchen. You know, something about the smell of roast beef, and particularly when it's time to plate up, because you know that half the roast meat isn't going to end on the plates, because it's going to get sampled just to make sure it's cooked properly um, by the person who's cutting it up. Um, So that's good. Now, I couldn't bring in a roast dinner because that wouldn't last, so of course I brought in second best. And uh, you, you you know what that's like. But these are the things that I actually enjoy smelling, that I enjoy being around. And I'm sure you have your own list. When Paul then goes to tell us about the Christian life and what are the character attributes that are attractive, that are worth being around, he then goes into them in verses 11 down. And the first of those is humility and gentleness. I mean, we all know what it's like to have someone who can't shut up talking about themselves. It's much nicer to be around people who actually uh, aren't just going to jump into the conversation, who are going to listen. Uh, So that character attribute of humility and being gentle in the way you approach others is very attractive. Um, Compassion and kindness. When someone is in need, we we really like people that are compassionate and kind, don't we? People that are going to show a sense of empathy and care to us in the troubles and trials that we're going through. These couple here, patience and bearing with others. Let's face it, we've all been made differently and sometimes there are character traits that people have that might drive us up the wall. But God calls us to live with one another in a way that's understanding to show understanding for others and to accept them for who God made them to be. And so, kindness. Um, Forgiveness and love. 
he actually expands on his definition of these because he wants us to practice forgiveness, and he's going to tell us what that forgiveness looks like, which means forgiving others as Christ forgave us. Now, how much did Christ forgive us? Everything. How much did he forgive us? For everything. So there is nothing that we shouldn't be forgiving one another for. And of course, love is the ultimate. Binds everything together. Peace and thankfulness to things that flow out of a life that is characterized by these positive traits. They are... Uh, the vision of beauty that Paul wants us to have. They are the virtues of a Christian walk. And we can read them in Galatians. We can read different ones in Ephesians. And of course, 1 Corinthians 13 has a whole bunch that define love. And that's what we're told to clothe ourselves with, which is also an imperative and a command. In other words, he doesn't just want us to walk through life and just, you know, sit in the middle ground. He wants us to actively work at becoming like Christ. Now, there is a process that we need to do in order to do that. And in verse 10, we're told to put on the new self as it's renewed in the image of its creator. Now, that's who God wants us to be like. He wants us to be like our creator, like Jesus, like himself, in how we then appear to others. And it's like there is a process of renewal. Now, if I asked you how many people here are wearing the same clothes they wore yesterday? Any hand? Oh, okay. How about last week? The same clothes? No, no one. You know what? We all are in a bit of a state of renewal all the time, aren't we? Marie, you've got some work to do. Um, but we are in a state of renewal, and the same is true with our character. And just as we go and have a shower in the mornings or in the evenings, as we need to wash off the dirt of the day, often we need to wash off the dirt of our day with our own soul and character as well, in the things that we've been through. The good thing is that Paul talks about the fact that we do get renewed day by day. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Because God knows for us to grow, that is required of us, that is needed. And he's left his Holy Spirit with every one of us who have believed in him, so that we can continue to grow and to learn from him. Verse 16 of Colossians 3 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you then teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. It is the words of Christ, it is his word, carry out that cleansing in our life that we need which is why it's so important for us to spend time with God every day in his word, not just because it's a, a something we have to tick off as a religious practice, 
but because God wants to encourage us and to shape us and to mold us. And the more that we know his word, the better we are enabled, the more we are reminded, the more our conscience is strengthened to know what God's will is for us. Sadly, often we don't. We miss days here and then we miss weeks and sometimes we miss months until we eventually realize that we're carrying along a present on the bottom of our soul. Now, I was told this morning by someone who will remain nameless, Glenn, um, uh, that uh, we should, uh, I should have brought in the uh, dad joke pun that just as something sticks to the soul of our foot, it, it also sticks to the soul of our lives. Um, yeah, bad, isn't it? No, haven't got it? You'll get it? Okay. Um, we don't want sin in our lives. That's the key message, that these things are repugnant to God. Whereas these things are the aroma of Christ that we spread to those around us who don't yet know Jesus. When people see these things around us, they are challenged. They look at it and see something dramatic has happened and they can see God in us. Mickey Rooney, who was a famous American actor, he was very short. Uh, when I looked him up on uh, Wiki, it said he was five foot two, but then it also said he was five foot one. So he obviously shrank at one point. So quite short. Uh, died at age 94. But Rooney was known and had a reputation for being crass and crude. He was often drunk in interviews that he had with various different television hosts, he was usually angry and insulting to them. As much as he was a star from the uh, early years of his life through the first years of cinema. Uh, he had an interview before he died and the interviewer knew that something had happened because he questioned Rooney about his recent past where he had hit rock bottom both emotionally and financially. And Rooney calmly answered him, and he said to the interviewer, he said, I don't mean to sound ecclesiastical, which basically means churchy. I don't mean to sound churchy. But he says, but recently I gave my life to the Lord Jesus, and now my past is gone. See, Rooney had understood who Jesus was, put his faith in him, and then realized exactly what Paul was exhorting the Colossians to do, to take off the old way of life and to put on something new, to put on that fresh set of clothes, to put on that new aroma in their lives. And that new aroma is something that is transforming for a church community. Because it's one thing when you have an individual, uh, an individual by themselves that smells really nice, that looks really nice like a single flower. But when you do it with an entire church community, uh, then something amazing starts to take place because the entire community then becomes transformed. 
one of the things I got to do uh, one time with my wife is we went up to one of these flower festivals. I don't know who's ever been to the Toowoomba Flower Festivals or all the different ones around. This is from a tulip festival in Victoria because Megan loves tulips, particularly uh, the yellow tulips. That's her favourite flower. And so we went to this tulip festival and it, it was such an amazing sight to see fields and fields of these tulips all around. You can look at a single tulip and you can marvel at how it's created and how the petals are woven together and the smell of it. But when you get to a field that is flowers as big as the eye can see, it's like, wow. And that's what Paul is trying to do with us as a church, with the Colossian church. He wants to see them transformed. And so he says that the barriers and divisions that often are between people, they're all broken down. So in the middle of it, he talks about Gentile and Jew, national privilege gone in Christ. He talks about those being circumcised or uncircumcised. In other words, those who claim religious tradition and the elite and the uncircumcised as in those who are not from the Jewish faith. Gone. Religious standing means nothing. He talks about barbarians and Scythians. Cultural distinctions. Now, the barbarians were anyone that was foreign to Greek culture. The Scythians were basically a bunch of wild, savage nomads. But he says those distinctions about where you come from, about who you are, about what church you grew up in, are meaningless. Gone. Slave or free, our economic or social caste, gone. It doesn't matter whether you grew up poor or you grew up rich. We are one in Christ Jesus, he says. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new has come and the old has gone. The new is here. You know, there is something transformative about following Jesus. Not only does he want to transform us individually, but he wants to transform us corporately as a church too. So that the aroma that comes from us as God's people is an aroma that, unlike these things, that people are drawn to. And they say, wow, there's something different about those people. There's just a sense of love in the air, or of forgiveness, or of acceptance, or of gentleness and humility that they have in their midst. Paul finishes off his passage here, and if we didn't get it earlier, he says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And that sort of winds it up for us, doesn't it? Because it doesn't matter what we're doing or whether we're involved in being a nurse or studying at school or whether we're retired or whether we're on holidays. The true test is whether we're living for Jesus in the things that we do. And when we live for him, we will see that aroma of Christ come out in our lives. And that's what he wants from each one of us. Why don't I pray for us in these moments?
Heavenly Father, I guess if we're all deeply honest with you in the quietness of our own minds, we know that there are things in our lives, Lord, that might be repugnant to you, that might cause you to gag because they're sinful. And I don't know, Father, whether... uh, Anyone here has been hiding those things from you and trying to spray the deodorant, deodorizer? Or whether we just ignored that there's something on the sole of our shoe that doesn't belong. Heavenly Father, we want you to cleanse us, to cleanse our souls. And so, Father, tonight we offer up a prayer of repentance and just say we're sorry. If there's anything in our lives that is sickening to you, we want to repent of it. We want to give it over. We want to kill it and rid it from our lives. And we pray, Father, that in the midst of this struggle, as you renew our minds day by day, that you would just strengthen us to overcome that challenge in our lives. Father, as we sing, as we head out into our weeks, We want to be the aroma of life, not the stench of death. And so change and transform us in whatever way you need so that we can reflect Jesus in all that we do and say. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you live locally here in the Ipswich region, we would love to invite you to come and join us in person uh, here at one of our Sunday gatherings at Whitehill. Uh, For more information on our services or our ministries, head on over to our website at whitehill.church. If you're interested also in taking next steps in your relationship with Jesus, please also at our website, hit the connect button And let us know where you're at. We would love to catch up with you either over a coffee or on a phone call to chat with you about where you're at. We hope you've enjoyed watching this message and we pray that God would continue to bless you as you seek to seek Him in your daily life. God bless.